Hello, and welcome to Wide Open Spaces with Elise, a podcast. This is episode number 129. Do you have imposter syndrome? You can listen to me anywhere you love listening to your favorite podcasts. Check me out at wideopenspaceswithelise.com. Elise is spelled I-L-I-S-E. Now let's pop in our earbuds and let's take a ride together. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. We are now in the beginning of November 2023. And the title of this podcast is Do You Have Imposter Syndrome? And I'd like to start this out with a quote by Maya Angelou. I have written 11 books, but each time I think, "Uh uh-oh, they're going to find out now. I've run a game on everybody, and they're going to find me out. These are the kind of words and voices we hear with inside of ourselves when we have imposter syndrome. Let me share one more with you. So in this podcast, I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to talk like usual, but I'm going to stop and I'm going to read you quotes from some famous women about imposter syndrome. So I'm going to start with my second one now from Emma Watson. And if you are Harry Potter fans, you know who Hermione Granger is, Emma Watson. And so I'm going to read you this quote by her. Now, when I see receive recognition for my acting, I feel incredibly uncomfortable. I tend to turn in on myself. I feel like an imposter. Any moment, someone's going to find out I'm a total fraud and that I don't deserve any of what I have achieved. Do you ever have that inner voice, that inner self that talks to you like that? That you feel like you're a fraud? and an imposter. Do you know what imposter syndrome is? Well, just in case you don't, because it is not a common term that we hear in everyday life, unless you've heard somebody say it, like in a quote from Emma Watson, or even a friend, family member. So I'm gonna go with Wikipedia because nowadays, Teachers and college professors say we can rely on Wikipedia. It used to be, don't use it, it's not accurate. But according to Wikipedia, the definition for imposter syndrome is, it's also known as imposter phenomenon or imposterism. It's a psychological occurrence in which people doubt their skills, talents, or accomplishments and have a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Despite external evidence of their competence, those experiencing this phenomenon do not believe they deserve success or luck. Does this sound like anyone you may know? Maybe it's even yourself. In my professional life, I've heard this term not only from clients, but for pe- from people that I've worked with, from doctors to therapists to nurses, this imposter syndrome. And I've even recently heard it from friends. And it's quite interesting. So I decided I'm going to delve into what imposter syndrome is and how can we cope with it. Well, you might be saying, why is this 
week's podcast on imposter syndrome? Well, we just had Halloween. And in Halloween, we wear costumes, right? We wear costumes to be something we've always wanted to be. Or to be something a little crazy, like I just saw Ed Sheeran do in his concert in Las Vegas. I read an article. He completely dressed up like Chucky, which of course his red hair, ginger hair went along with that. But even someone like that has the need to want to dress up as something different than their persona. And that's kind of what got me thinking about imposter syndrome. Because when you have this syndrome, you almost feel like you are wearing a costume. And when you are out in public, whatever it may be in your profession or daily life, and you have those inner self-doubts that you're a fraud, you feel like you're wearing a costume on the outside that you're not really who people see, that you're a complete fraud. I wanted to dive deep into this because it's a fascinating topic and Halloween got me thinking about it. Now, as you're sitting here listening to me, have you thought now? Do you think you have imposter syndrome? Have you worked with someone who's had imposter syndrome? Or do you have any family or friends? who have imposter syndrome. Now, the research that has been done, not recent, believe it or not, it showed that it was more women who had imposter syndrome. Men must have felt more confident. They were out in the work world more than women in the older traditional families. Wife was the housewife, or maybe she just had a little job to help them a little bit, but the man was the professional. And so they found that women had this imposter syndrome. Am I a good wife? Am I a good mother? Am I teaching my child the right things to do? Do I give my husband enough attention? I really don't feel like I'm a good wife, even though he seems like he loves me. So this is how women process this. But the research shows, and you know obviously, that imposter syndrome affects every single gender out there, no matter who you are, no matter how much education you have or experience and life experiences that you have, we all can suffer from this type of syndrome. And where does it root come from? Where does it come, this idea of being a fraud? And so I wanted to think deep down into my own history and what I've heard from clients. And I, I truly believe that it starts from when we're children. And yes, messages we hear from when we're children, even if we've had the best parents in the world, they're not perfect. And so the messages we received stay with us. And most of us have this message that children aren't capable of doing anything without an adult around. An adult has to show you the right way to do it, even with basic skills. Maybe you picked up that skill like that, but yet the parents still instilled in us that we needed their guidance, their support, and their control. And so that gave us an inner voice from a very young age that we're not capable of doing all things by ourselves, that we need someone older and wiser to show us the way to be capable. And from this point, depending on what your life is like, it could morph into anything.
It could just be a slow little voice that sticks with you throughout life or a very big loud voice that you hear with inside your head all the time. And it's very hard to work with that negative inner voice because we can't get away from it. We can walk away from people who have negativity and toxism in them, but we can't walk away from our inner voice. And so we have to learn how to live with it and work with it and adapt with it and change that inner voice. I even remember as a child, my dad was a salesman. And he was pretty much gone Monday through Thursday. My mom really raised us. And at that time, she was a housewife. She couldn't work. We were young. And I remember this particular Halloween in New Jersey for some reason. And I remember the fireflies would come out at this time of year in the fall. And putting on my little bumblebee costume that we borrowed from a neighbor whose child grew out of it. And it was this golden yellow and black costume and I really don't know how old I was I was probably five or six because we moved to Florida when I was seven so in that age range and my dad was supposed to come home that night from his weekly out-of-town work and he was running late I remember not wanting to take this costume off because I felt so good in this bumblebee costume And it lasted as an imprint. I wanted my dad's approval. Look, daddy, I can dress up in this cute costume. And that's what we did as kids. We wanted, even in the most difficult, even abusive parental situations, we wanted to please our parents. And again, in sets that inner voice that we need approval. We need someone to say, you're doing a good job, you look good. So these are where, through showing you one of my personal memories, which is a beautiful memory, but if I peel back the layers, it stays with you. And yet my dad was a wonderful father and he only had the best intentions. He didn't know I was waiting for him. That was my own inner voice wanting his approval. Now, I know sharing that memory with you, you're starting to get those rusty wheels in your brain are starting to turn and memories and experiences are starting to flow. And maybe you're beginning to identify where some of these inner voices come, that fraud voice, that fraud, you're a fraud, you're not qualified, you can't do this job. Why did they even hire me? I'm not capable. Let's talk about some ways that you can start to focus and change this fraudulent feeling that you have inside of you. Number one, and this is a great thing, anything that we do in life, don't compare yourself to other people. Don't compare yourself to somebody who has the same exact education as you do. Why? Because we're always going to look at other people and say they do that better. They express themselves better. I can't do that skill as good as them. I'm not as talented. So when you begin to compare, it brings us down. Now, something that somebody else might be so efficient in, you might be efficient in something else that they're not. 
but you only zoom in and are hyper-focused on what you think they do better than you. So if you start to have this inner voice of not comparing yourself to others, I'm not saying saying that right now is going to change that thought process. But start looking at those people more on a global scale, not just in that particular skill or skills that they do. Look at them as a whole, and you'll start to see areas that you are more proficient in than they are. And you may be just as proficient professionally or what they do in life. You're just not seeing that quite yet. But as you look at that person as a whole and you look at yourself as a whole, you stop comparing. You start to see your strengths and your weaknesses. But you see their strengths and their weaknesses. And slowly start to stop comparing yourself to others. You will always see what they do better than you. That's just kind of who we are. It's kind of just what happens. Even on Halloween, I guarantee there were kids walking around going, I wish I would have thought of that concert, excuse me, costume. They look really good. Right there, comparing yourself to someone else. Embrace who you are. Embrace who is walking in your own two feet. Embrace what you've learned and learning as you grow. I want you next to challenge the doubts you have about yourself. If you have a resume, pull out your resume. Look at that resume. Are you qualified? Do you have the degrees? Do you have the work experience? I'm sure you do because it's down on a resume. Sometimes we need to do that concretely to challenge our doubts, to write down all of our strengths, all of our capabilities, all of our education. When we see things on paper, our brain for some reason just processes it so much differently. The words seem to sink in even deeper than when we speak aloud. So if you are feeling like an imposter, challenge your doubts. Write them down. Think of all the skills that you have. Maybe they're not educational skills. Maybe they're life skills. Yes, life skills can make us proficient in things. It's not all about going to college or grad school or becoming a PhD to make you proficient. It's also about those life skills and life experiences that can make us not a fraud, not an imposter, because we've lived it, we've experienced it. Another great way to handle imposter syndrome is connect with other people who do what you do. I have one therapist friend and when we get together, number one, we're kind of doing therapy on each other and helping each other because just with the daily little things. So we have that bond. But it's nice to hear about maybe continuing education things that she's gone to or something new that she's working on. Or if you go to different groups like professional groups <clears throat> or unions and you talk to people that are doing the same things as you, you feel connected with those people who have that commonality. 
If you're an author, meet with different authors. Go on, there's so many chat groups and things that you don't even have to leave your home. To connect, to find new ways to learn and elevate your skills. So connect with people, like-minded people, like-minded people in everyday life, family, friends, and your professional life. And most importantly, accept the feelings that you might be feeling about yourself. So that inner voice is a little negative. Okay, I take it in. I process it. Now, do I want to sit with that? Because it doesn't make me feel so good. I'm feeling like a fraud. I'm feeling like an imposter. You must acknowledge those feelings. You know how you have those thoughts where they happen and they're fleeting and they're gone. But deep down inside those cells of your brain, they're not gone. They're in there. They're compartmentalized. And then they're going to rear their ugly head at the most inopportune moments in life. When you need that courage, when you need that confidence. So accept those negative feelings. Identify them. Hear them. This is the way you will begin to turn around this thought process and create it into strength feeling confident, and knowing you're not a fraud, and knowing you're not an imposter. Let's read a quote from Michelle Obama. I still have a little imposter syndrome. It doesn't go away, that feeling that you shouldn't take me that seriously. What do I know? I share that with you because we all have doubts in our abilities about our power and what that power is. Michelle Obama. This was somebody who was the first lady of the United States of America, a lawyer, and still feels like an imposter. The reason why I read you that one is one of the most powerful positions in the world her husband had, and she stood right beside him, and yet she still felt like an imposter. Are you getting the thought process? doesn't matter who you are doesn't matter where you are in life. We all feel like frauds and imposters. Have you ever gone to that job interview and you're sitting there in front of the interviewer and you say to yourself, why am I sitting here? I'm not qualified for this job. Even though there's a resume that you've handed this person that says you are, but in your head, And in your body, you're saying to yourself, I can't do this job. Who am I kidding? I'm lying to these people. That ugly inner voice that's there. I remember one of my job interviews that I had. And it was after I had taken some time off from work, um, after my first child, and I became a single mother. And I went back to work. And I remember sitting there being interviewed by the head of the department in a hospital to work on a psychiatric unit. She's asking me all these questions. And you know that you may be working with homeless people, people who have committed crimes, even murder, people who are violent, people who hear voices. I'm sitting there going, 
oh my God, I can't do this. I can't do this. How can I do this? And yet she had a resume in front of her that said I could. And I felt like that younger self again, you know, when you first get out of college and get that first job and you're like, oh my God, can I do this? Well, I was restarting all over again and could I do this? And she asked me, could you work with these type of people? And somewhere inside of me, I stopped, I took a deep breath, and I said, yes, I can. Because I've worked with all those different populations before. And even though I took a few years off, it doesn't make me any less qualified, any less educated, and no one can take away the work experience that I had working with these different populations. I have worked from little kids, pediatrics, with different psychiatric illnesses, all the way to the older adults, cancer wellness, alcohol and drug addictions, mental illness. And yet I sat there in front of this woman questioning myself. Am I a fraud? Am I an imposter? And I turned that thought process around and said to myself, yes, I can do this job. And I was hired for that job. And it felt great after taking those few years off because the inner negativity, I fought it. I challenged those doubts as I sat there. And I accepted the feelings and I listened and I was able to turn to that inner voice and say, shut up. I'm qualified. I'm not an imposter and I'm not a fraud. Now, do you think that meant I was never going to feel like an imposter or a fraud again in my life? Not really. Of course, I felt like a fraud or imposters other parts of my life. And have you sat there in those job interviews like I did and went, okay, well, I've really never kind of done that before. But I have the skills because I went to school and I'd have work experience. Just because it might not be a certain task you haven't done before, doesn't mean you don't have the skills because you didn't do those, when you first started out, if you're in a technical job and you went to technical school and you went to school to be a chef, and now you have that first chef position, maybe you've been a sous chef before, and now you have that, you are the chef in the head chef in this restaurant. And you say to yourself, I can't do this. How can I do this? I'm not that good of a chef. Yeah, you are because you're now head chef because you've proven that you can be head chef because you've worked as that sous chef. You've gone to school and worked and created things. You've built the skills up to be in that head position. It's time to challenge those thoughts. Like they say, put on your big girl panties and you can do it. And you may have ups and downs and challenges, but you have the skills to problem solve and to work through that. You're not a fraud. Are times in your life coming to your forefront of your mind when you felt like a fraud? Maybe you even feel like a fraud as a parent. I suck as a parent. My kid's angry at me. Every time I talk to my kid, they snap back at me. 
Guess what? They're a teenager. And that's what teenagers do. And it's no reflection on us as a parent. And yet you've gotten them to this point where they're a teenager, right? They're in school. They're doing their thing. They have social situations and friends. And you even help them problem solve when they have difficulties, maybe being bullied. Maybe they're having a hard time speaking to a teacher. So even though your kid may be in that stage, that doesn't make you an imposter. It doesn't make you a fraud. You're still a good parent. You're challenged. And you work through it and you grow and you learn how to adapt and work with this child so that you can increase and improve the communication. As they get older, for the most part, it does get better, but it can be challenging at times. Remember I said, oh, I felt like a fraud when I went there for that job and having the interview. Well, I felt like a fraud again about three and a half years ago during COVID when I started this podcast. Yep, I'm on season four and I still feel like a fraud sometimes. And I sure as heck felt like a fraud and had imposter syndrome when I started this podcast. And then when I was told to have this podcast, I must have a blog. I'm not a writer. A blog? Who am I to write a blog? Who am I to talk about mental health issues and life's challenges through a microphone that anybody can hear in the world? Who am I? I'm a fraud. I'm an imposter. Yes, I had those thoughts. And as a matter of fact, I thought for many days and weeks before I even told anybody I was thinking about doing a podcast. And maybe if I had done it earlier, I would have started earlier because I started to hear from people who knew me professionally and in my home life and how I interact with people. You could do it. You've got the knowledge, the life skills, the work skills to do this. Remember how I said I've worked all the way from pediatrics and adolescence all the way through mental health issues, dual diagnosis, drugs and alcohol addiction, cancer wellness, geriatrics, in in-locked hospital halls, to outpatient clinics and one-on-one with clients. Of course I'm qualified to do this podcast. Of course I have the credentials to do this podcast. And I have the experiences. And though I've evolved through going through a global pandemic, I started those blogs and I started those podcasts and they were raw and they maybe were a little amateurish in the beginning because it's not something I've ever done. And so how did I combat this, I'm an imposter? And sometimes it creeps in, don't get me wrong. But I mean, I'm in my 50s and have so much life experience, like you do. No matter what age you are, you have life experiences. That makes you proficient in something. Maybe it's loss and grief. Maybe you've lost a job. Maybe you've just broken up with somebody. Maybe you're having a hard time finding a job or paying your bills. This makes you proficient in those areas. 
So when you talk about it, you're not a fraud. It has nothing to do with education. It has to do with life experiences. And so I put my education, my work experience, and my life experiences, and it makes me very proficient in doing this podcast and writing my blog. And you know how I combated this thought of being a fraud and having imposter syndrome? Well, for the past three and a half years and on season four, every podcast before it's published, I listen back to it. I listen back and sit in my chair as if I'm listening to somebody else's podcast. A stranger, maybe a celebrity that I've listened to. I listen to authors. I listen to news type podcasts. And I sit back like I'm listening to one of those. Like I don't really know the person, even though it's me, as I listen to the podcast. Every single week I do this, and I will do this when I am finished with this podcast. And you know what that does for me? I listen. I learn. I grow. And at the end, when I say ciao and I hear that in my head, I go, damn. I do know what I'm doing. I do know what I'm talking about. And I'm vulnerable at times. And I let my listener and my readers know that I've got my ups and downs, the waves through life, how I cope and how I deal. Sometimes I share my vulnerability and my weaknesses, how I've come through it. But I also have that work experience, the education, and the experience of working with hundreds of clients throughout the years. And so I am damn well qualified to do this podcast and to write that blog. I'm not a fraud and I am not an imposter. And I do this by reaffirming and listening to my podcast and rereading my blog every single week. That's the way I cope with my fraud feelings, my imposter syndrome. How are you gonna cope with being an imposter in your head? being a fraud in your head. How are you going to combat this inner self? And how you combat it today may be very different on how you combat it in five months from now. You gotta roll with the punches, right? You gotta look at what you're hearing inside of your head and how are you going to combat that? And I gave you some skills earlier of how you can connect, challenge the thoughts, Don't compare yourself to others and accept what's going on inside of you so that you can reroute that thought process. So if you're feeling like an imposter and you're feeling like a fraud, I bet you you aren't. I bet you you're really qualified and I bet you you're damn good at what you do. And when you look at yourself and you feel like you might want to be better, well, It also helps you identify ways that you can enhance yourself, improve yourself, grow, move maybe into a different realm of your profession or your life, your personal life, your relationships. You're not a fraud. You're not an imposter. Only criminals who pretend that there's something that they're not are imposters are frauds. Like you hear, they committed fraud with their clients and took their money 
That's criminal behavior. That's not the inner human behavior, that inner self. And so you're not going to jail for those thoughts. You're going to unhandcuff yourself and you're going to live and you're going to grow and you're going to build yourself up and you're going to start changing that thought process that you're capable, that you're you and you're powerful. Just like on Halloween when you put on that princess costume. You put on a costume with scrubs and a stethoscope. Maybe it's a cheerleader costume. Maybe you're in a costume of the CEO of a company. Maybe even dressed like the president of the United States or the vice president. It's a costume. Doesn't mean you can't be like that person. It doesn't mean that you can't become that person. And yes, I know they're costumes and maybe it's not something we would ever be or do in our lives because it's just fun to put it on for a short amount of time. But it gets you thinking, doesn't it? What are some things you've always wanted to do in life? Be in life? The process in life? Just like those costumes, we put them on and we take them off. But is there a costume you'd like to put on and not take off and really become that? Some food for thought for today. And let's end this with one more quote from someone famous. Well, Lady Gaga herself. I still sometimes feel like a loser kid in high school. And I just have to pick myself up and tell myself that I'm a superstar every morning so that I can get through this day and be for my fans what they need me to be. So she has those fraud feelings, right? That she's an imposter. But every morning she wakes up and she tells herself, I'm not that high school kid. I'm not an imposter. I have Emmys and Grammys to my name. I'm an actress on top of a singer. And she tells herself that every day so that she can be in her head who everybody sees on the outside and experiences when they're with her. You can be that Lady Gaga, no matter what you do, no matter where you are in your life. You can be that Lady Gaga. And every morning tell yourself, I am who I am. I am comfortable. I am my own superhero. And I'm going to empower myself. And I'm going to show the world I am capable. I am qualified. I am not a fraud. And I am not an imposter. Thank you so much for joining me today at Wide Open Spaces with Elise. Remember, positive thoughts always create positive energy. Go out and explore all those wide open spaces in your world. Maybe jump in a pile of leaves this fall. And until next time, my friends, ciao.